This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to get better clients, create a better practice, and have a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So we're in this weird period where we constantly have new legislation. We had stimulus package one, stimulus package two, then we had the big one, the CARES Act. Now we have the new extended CARES Act, right? With a couple of other things in it. And they're already talking about the next stimulus package. So what we're going to discuss today is to discover how to decipher the rules within the CARES Act and frankly, any legislation. So what I want to help you do is when you're looking at these, this legislation for your clients, how do you determine what the, how it actually works? Okay. Cause the clients ask us all the time, how does this work? How do we, you know, what is my forgiveness going to be? How much is my loan going to be? Okay. So today we're really going to focus on how to apply the actual rules. So consider, first of all, that there's a hierarchy to the rules. Okay. The highest level, of course, is um, the Supreme Court. Right below that would be the Constitution. All right, now we're a long ways away from that. So we're not going to have Supreme Court, Constitution, court cases, anything like that. So what do we have? We're basically left with three things. We have the law, we have regulations, and we have IRS notices or uh, revenue procedures. Okay, so for example, we just got a revenue procedure on how to apply the um, qualified improvement property rules. Right. And as far as carrying those back. So we just got a, a revenue procedure on that. We've had notices about um, that have just said we're going to postpone the due date of estimated tax payments or the filing deadline. Those have been in notices. So we have, again, we have the law. Then what we have is we have regulations and then we have the rules. Okay. Uh, the rules meaning the notices and so forth. Regulations come in two forms. Regulations come in the form of legislative regulations and administrative regulations. Now, an administrative regulation is one where Treasury or the SBA or whoever is administering the law says, you know what, we think we need an interpretation here. Now, an administrative regulation is not that dissimilar from a revenue procedure. You think of a revenue procedure, and this is the IRS's interpretation of how this law is going to apply or how the IRS is going to apply the law, right? And that's really what an administrative regulation does. This is how IRS says, um, in the case of a, a tax law, this is how the IRS says we're going to apply the rules. Now, they're not law. You can go against a revenue procedure. You can go against an administrative regulation as long as you're willing to go to court. Because the IRS, that is their law. In other words, the IRS auditor 
their manager appeals. None of them are going to go against a revenue procedure. None of them are going to go against a revenue ruling. None of them are going to go against an IRS notice. And certainly none of them are going to go against an administrative regulation. So, but know that that's what the hierarchy is. Now, a legislative regulation is one where Congress has said, we're going to leave it up to whoever is administering this, IRS, SBA, et cetera, to determine what the rules should be. And that is what they did with the Paycheck Protection Program. If you look in the law, it says, here's the law, the administrator, which is the Small Business Administration, is going to make, to, to write regulations to carry out this law. What that means is, is that the regulations, and we have one set of the regulations already from the SBA, the regulations say, for example, that 75% of the proceeds have to be used for payroll. That's not in the law. There's no 75% rule in the law. Those of you who've read the law know there's no 75% rule. And I remember I kept hearing this. I'm going, where is this rule? Until I found the Small Business Administration, the SBA regulations. And the SBA regulations very clearly says 75% is used for payroll and 25% can be used for everything else, meaning utilities, rent, mortgage um, interest, mortgage interest and other interest, right? So uh, that's the 75-25 rule came out of the regulations from the SBA. Now, the challenge for CPAs is we don't always deal with the SBA. I mean, some CPAs do, but I know I've, I've never had to deal with them before. Um, I had a, um, a deal where the buyer um, actually sold an accounting practice uh, a while back, and the buyer was going to go get an SBA loan, and it was too onerous for them, so they never did. So I've, I actually, until this, in total disclosure here, until this CARES Act, I had never dealt with the SBA before. It's interesting because the SBA is kind of the IRS of the banking world, right? That's what they are um, when it comes to administering loans backed by the government that are not mortgages, not Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So for, with respect to the CARES Act, uh, you can look at um, the SBA regulations as law. They are law. So there's one other set of rules that has very clearly applied um, as people have applied for the PPP loan. And that is the bank rules. And this is the bank's own rules. So, for example, I know one bank that said, look, all we're going to do is take your average payroll. That's it. We're not going to look at commissions. We're not going to look at health insurance. We're not going to look at anything else, just your payroll. And that's all they allowed. Well, they're the ones who are lending the money. They're the ones who are on the hook for this. So your bank has a lot of leeway. I mean, we saw it that some of the big banks, I mean, a lot, very little money is coming from it any of the big banks, except to the, you know, the big companies, but they haven't come to the big banks. They've come from smaller banks because smaller banks know their customers. They're a little more flexible. The big banks have said, no, this is the way we're going to do it because here's what the banks don't want to have happen with this PPP loan. They have a little itty bitty loan on their books. 
or two years or two and a half years, right? They don't want a $3,000 loan on their books. They want to make sure you're going to use it all up. That's how much they don't want to lend more than that. Now the law says that you can apply for more than that, but remember you're still applying to the bank. This is the downside with using the banking system to fund this stimulus as opposed to the tax system. The tax system, if you look at the $1,200 checks, that's administered through the tax system. That's a tax credit on your 2020 tax return that is being pre-funded. That's what it is. It's a pre-funded tax credit. Refundable tax credit that's being pre-funded. That's a very efficient system. The banking system, not so efficient. So we have to understand that we are subject to the bank's rules as well. One thing that I hope every we've all gotten out of this, I know I have, is that um, having a banker, it, particularly a smaller regional bank or a regional bank, that you have a really good relationship, both from a lending and a, a deposit standpoint, is really important. That's a really important part of your team and a really important part of the team for every one of your clients. So one of the things I hope as, as we kind of have to pivot, and it's the big word right now is pivot, we kind of have to adjust to this quote unquote new normal or, or whatever it's going to be that we ought to be looking at. Now's an opportunity that we can help our clients develop new relationships. We can help our clients develop these team members and really be such an important part of their team that they could not possibly replace us. That's the opportunity we have right now as CPAs with our clients is that if we're generous, we serve them, we take care of them and, and we kind of become the quarterbacks of their financial team through this crisis, we become indispensable and we want to be indispensable, not just for us. We want to be indispensable for them because the reality is we have more contacts. We know more people. We have, we, we have a broader base of, of knowledge and education than anybody else they're dealing with. And we're trustworthy. I find CPAs to be the most trustworthy of all financial advisors. So this is an opportunity. Okay, so let's look a little bit at law versus rules. Okay, let's look at these rules. So the 7525 rule, remember, has nothing to do with how much you get to borrow. It's how much is forgiven. And the rule says that 75% of the amount forgiven has to be payroll costs. Now, here's an interesting question. Payroll costs is, is defined under the PPP loan program, right? It's not a separate definition under the forgiveness. It's defined under the loan program. And the loan program, the way it, the law reads very clearly is that commissions to outside independent contractors qualify. Now, not all banks have taken that into consideration. And even on the Treasury website, they appear to say it's not part of that. Okay. However, it's very clear. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly read the law differently. That said, when you're calculating the forgiveness, here's what we want to do. Remember that forgiveness begins the day the loan is funded. There's a lot of loans still not funded. So this is going to apply to a lot of your clients out there, the day it's funded, then they have eight weeks. Now they have eight weeks of payroll costs and payroll costs is specifically defined to include commissions, 
health insurance and other health benefits and retirement benefits. So you've got clients that have a qualified plan and they either have a profit sharing plan or they have a defined benefit plan. You're going to need to get your actuaries for your defined benefit plan. You're going to need to get them going and talk to your administrator, plan administrator about funding this because another rule that's actually within the law and we don't have regulations on this yet, but I think we will. And that is, it appears that it has to be both accrued and paid during the eight-week period. So what that means is that you're also going to want to get with your payroll service or the client's payroll service and make sure that they know that on the, the last day of that eight-week period, they're cutting checks to all the employees. So that's going to be a check that is not normal. That's not their normal check. They're going to get a check cut on that day. It's critical. They must, uh, the, way I, the way the law reads, okay? Now, we might get some clarification and regulations in the next couple of weeks. You know, nobody's, the eight-week period is, you know, at most a week old for anybody. So uh, we're going to get regulations. Um, it's in, it'll be interesting to see whether re regulations are SBA regulations or treasury regulations. Okay. Cause the forgiveness is really a treasury forgiveness. It's not an SBA forgiveness. Um, so we'll see. But in the meantime, if we're calculating what we think that's going to be, because what our clients are looking at now is do I rehire some employees? Um, what about bonuses? Bonuses. I see nothing in the law that says we can't pay bonuses. Now we can't pay, you can't pay the owner's bonuses. Okay. You have to be real careful with that, but you can pay employee bonuses. So if you normally would do bonuses in December, or you normally would do bonuses in October or February, January, you might want to do consider doing them in May or June. Okay, so that you're within that eight-week period. Also, retirement plans. So you, you want to make sure that if you have a, a defined contribution or defined benefit plan that you get that paid in. But also, what about 401k matches? You want to make sure that those get in there because presumably that's retirement benefit. Okay, so that's all in payroll cost. Then we have, and, and that has to be 75%. So here's what you do. Let me give you a really simple rule of thumb. Interest, utilities, and rent. Can't be more than 25% of the total. So it's a really simple relationship. It's a one third of the payroll can be utilities, interest, and rent one third of the payroll because 25% of the total it. So 25% of 75% is one third. So one third of your payroll. So whatever your payroll is going to be one third of that, or you can do it the opposite. So your payroll needs to be three times the other. So let's say that you go, okay, I need to have payroll at least three times what my utilities, et cetera is. 
the way I would look at it though, is I would start with my payroll. What's my payroll going to be? And then I'd look at my utilities. I'm going, if my payroll, my normal payroll and my utilities, interest and rent don't add up to that hundred percent. Okay. Uh, in this under a 75, 25 scenario, then I either need to pay people more, right? But I don't have to pay them all of it because if I have ex excess, let's say excess rent, then maybe what I need to do is make sure it evens out. So I'm at a straight 75, 25. What we can't do though, is we can't have a whole bunch of it going to rent. Now these, these agreements, so your rent, your utilities, they have to be in place as of February 15th. 2020. Right. So you can't now we don't have regulations again, but the way I read it is I, I don't see that we can pay back rent. I don't th think we can pay future payroll. I don't think we can pay. Uh, I, I'm not even sure you can pay back payroll. Okay. You can pay severance though. So here's another, I think opportunity. I think that um, there are some employees who are actually begging to be Fired. They would like to go on unemployment. Well, if you would normally give them some severance and let's say you, you have some come to you and you go, yeah, I'm okay with that. Or let's say that you have somebody that you really need to upgrade. You really need to upgrade them. You can't possibly survive. And I'm talking about you, your, your um, clients, and they've got people that, oh, you know what? They just, they need to let them go even though they've got this payroll protection program going on. Look at severance. This is, this is an opportunity. So you, you really need to look at all aspects of this and not just say, okay, my normal payroll is this and whatever is left over is going to be a loan. I don't think so. I think you have an opportunity um, to get the government to, to, to really help your business out. And I'm a believer that the government did this on purpose. They gave us this opportunity to strengthen our businesses. And I think that they're saying, you do what we tell you to do. We will give you this benefit. So yes, you can have the rest of it be alone. You can keep everybody on payroll, everybody, regardless of their, their you know, what they're doing. And you can just say, look, I'm just going to take care of them. No problem with that. I think that's very admirable. I, I really do. Just know that this is a time to be sitting down and counseling with our clients. It's a time to be helping them through their business. The worst thing a business can do, and we saw a lot of this in 2008, 2009, worst thing a business can do is hang on to employees too long and then go out of business. Absolutely worst thing for the employees. Because you go out of business, your client goes out of business, all of the employees are gone. Every one of them. So if you need to trim right now, then you need to work that through with your clients because the clients are depending on us to be the reasonable, calm, assured advisors. So let's make sure that we're taking the time for the clients. You know, um, I think that there are a lot of CPAs and accountants that believe that the clients hire them for their technical skills. And I would say that's probably true in many cases. 
clients hire people for their technical skills. That's not why a client stays though. And most of you know this, a client stays because of the relationship and the communication. And it doesn't matter how good your technical skills are. I've seen this over and over. I've seen great, I'll, I'll give you an example. Oh my heavens. I have a client that uses a law firm or has used, should say in the past, the law firm. Technically, one of the best law firms I've ever seen. Communication wise, absolutely the worst. And the client said, I'm done. I would rather pay twice as much to somebody who would actually communicate with me. So keep that in mind. This is our opportunity. We're the front line of the financial crisis. We are the front line. It's up to us to counsel reasonably, thoughtfully with our clients. If please call your clients, don't wait for them to call you. Pick up the phone, check in with them, see how they're doing. And I know there's a lot going on. We've got tax returns due, due July 15th. We've got, um, you know, our own businesses that we've got clients that are delaying payments. Um, so I get, plus we're all quarantined, right? So I get that we've got a lot going on at the same time. Now is the opportunity for us as a profession to show what we're really made of, to show that we understand the difference between rules and regulations and the law to show that we will actually take the time to read the law, to understand what's going on. And when we do that and we explain it to our clients, the clients will always become better clients. We'll have a way better practice. And that always leads to a better life. So thank you for listening to the WealthAbility Show for CPAs. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. And we do want to hear from you. So please also share your comments and your feedback, um, whether it's, I want more of something, I want less of something. I'd like to hear from, you know, this, this type of a guest. Please let us know. Um, this is our chance to do whatever we can to serve you. And that's what we want to do during this, uh, this crisis. So let us know. All right. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.